All right. When it's time to potty, we will potty hard. No? Okay. The, we'll uh, potty hard. That deserved uh, no reaction. Uh, potty hard. I liked it. That's our cold open. <laughs> oh, no, don't. Oh, no. That was a <laughs> Does Did I bring papers enough for everybody? Yep. I got mine here. Got it. Oh, sweet. Just, okay. just, yeah. You've killed a tree, bud. I've killed many trees. I feel awful I've about it. I've planted more than enough trees for all of us. <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. I Can we so start with that? There's your cold open. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, turning a beer helmet into a portable portrait studio. Do we need a live-action Lion King? Game of Thrones news with both a reunion special and prequel casting. Did you fuckers just skip me? <laughs> we have two different versions of the open. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's up with the whispers in The Walking Dead? Okay, and is- Julie Andrews' connection with the Aquaman movie. Totally keeping that as it is. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's geek out. Some chums, you know it's good to be a geek. Hi there, we made it to episode 9 of the Geek Out Podcast, and boy, it's a bit of a sausage party in here today. (laughs) This room is as full as it was last week, but we have one-fifth less estrogen and more testosterone. Everybody, please welcome Caleb Kirby to the room. Kirby! Thanks for having me, gentlemen. It's good. I am Webmeister Bud. I am the host of Bud's Weekly Geek Out, Wednesdays at 7.20 on The Morning Zone with Dylan and Jason, where I talk about geeky things. A lot of tech kind of geeky things, but some pop culture types of things. This podcast is where we expound on the pop culture things. Let's go around the room and find out about you, Mr. Brian. My name is Mr. Brian, DJ Boitano. <laughs> you can hear me in the afternoon zone doing the uh, mixtape at 5 o'clock every weekdays and again in this podcast. 5 o'clock every weekdays. You heard it here first. Polly, <laughs> a host of the afternoon zone on the zone at 913. Also PJ Party Podcast, which fingers crossed will be back next week as Jen and I will actually be doing shows. So look for that where you like Are you going to get a whole podcast out of two days of shows? Yes. Yeah. That's my plan. Yes. Mr. Vacation. Pod. That's right. <laughs> that's some show uh, prepping, Paul. Also, no. And uh, <laughs> favorite sausage, as long as we're talking about sausage parties, breakfasts, bratwurst to close second. Chorizo is my favorite. Yes, sir. I was going to agree with you on that one. Yeah. My name is Art Aronson. I'm a reporter for The Q and The Zone. Also the co-host of Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks podcast. And I also came in fourth once in a chess tournament, provincial chess tournament. (laughs) Jump back. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you even get a ribbon for that? (laughs) Uh, I don't think I got anything for it. No. Wow. Star walking here. That's amazing. A lot of pride, though, guys. All right, let's go to our special guest, uh, Caleb Kirby. Tell us about yourself. Just short of the podium, Art. Just short of the podium on that chess tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm Caleb Kirby. I um, am a creative writer here. I'm also a co-host of the Between the Stammers podcast with Art Aronson, and I watch too many movies and play way too many video games. That's sweet. We're we're recording. We're live now. Is not the right time for me to say is everybody's are everybody's phones off, um, but I'm going to say it. Are everybody's phones off? I just turned mine off. No, you know what? That's a good thing for you to bring up and say because hey, everyone. Sorry, I'm going to start yelling off the hop. This is why I put a yelling Sorry, tag off the title of the podcast. Stop. Yeah, Paul, go. No more ringtones, everybody. That's enough. It's noise pollution. Put it to silent and lock it there forever. Feel the buzz. Haptic feedback. Okay, all of us. Can we all agree that our cell phones are making a garbage noise? There's not a noise in the world. And even I love my ringtone, by the way. Uh, as I feel comfortable saying on this very nerdy podcast, it is the noise that the classic Captain Kirk communicator made. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Yeah, whatever it makes. Okay. It's a great impression. And uh, I love it, but guess what? I never hear it because my phone is 99% of the time on silent vibrate. Uh, yes, I have a watch too, which also haptic taps 
me God. when I got uh, a notification coming in. But what? Like, why do we have to tell people at the start of movies and start a podcast, everything? Make sure your phone's on silent. Make sure it's always on silent. That's enough. We're done with ringtones. Always vibrates. Stop polluting, polluting the world with your noise. What if you had a hard leg day the day before and you got twitchy <laughs> muscles in your legs and then you keep thinking your phone is buzzing, but it's not? Phantom buzzes. It's a thing. Yeah. Yes, of course mm-hmm. it's a thing. Yes. Just deal. Stop putting your noise to us. As our boss might say, can I play devil's advocate? Yes. Um, so I, I often have my phone charging, and sometimes my phone and my watch at the same time. So while I do have the odd bleep and bloop, just for amusement's sake on my alarms, mm-hmm. my, phone call, my phone calls do have a ringtone, but they don't kick in for eight seconds. Because oh. I want to mostly be able to pick it up without bugging somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm not in the room or if I'm far away from it, it's charging, I do want to know that I've got a phone call coming in. Well, of course. Obviously, look at ringtones still serve a purpose. <laughs> so but now it's okay. Can we Back all agree? Can we all agree? Already. <laughs> no, no. Can we all agree that generally the ringtones are, are over? They're over, kid. I can agree with that. The noise pollution and for as much as you can possibly can, let's all have our phones on silent and vibrate. All the time. Ringtones are over. Yes? Are we in agreement? Gender is over. Ringtones are over. Let's move forward with 2018. All right, good. Shall we talk Avengers 4 trailer, which we were really hoping to have by recording time, but it didn't actually happen. Boo. I'm actually okay with it. You know what? With not getting a trailer? Yeah, I'm okay with not getting a trailer because... I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch the trailer when it comes out, but <laughs> it's no great whole out of your day no, to no, no, just, your life. To I, the less I know, the better. Seriously, that's fair. I mean, that's for fair. my sake, it's better. But of course, the the inner in me wants to see that trailer. Would I don't. You, know. Would you say that's a unique thing to this particular movie because it's such a cliffhanger and this is such a resolution of a movie? Yeah, hundred percent. Like it. Do we? Okay. It, we're into the future now. That's probably the Avengers. That's going to be like years in the future. That's what we think is going to happen. Yeah, that's my theory. Yeah, that's that's Brian's theory. I kind Great of agree theory. with that. Great theory. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to be upset because half the population is dead. I'm upset now, but yeah, that's it. That's all we want. That's all we really have to know going into this next movie, right? I'm kind of the same. I'm going to watch the trailer, but the movie has my money regardless. I know I'm going to get a ticket for opening night. Um, and I don't necessarily need to see a trailer for it. I go. like getting excited, though. See, I kind of like getting. I kind of feel like things. it should be a tease of the people that are left. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody who's gone, don't show any of those people. Oh, absolutely you know, not. Like, don't no. do any of that or no. whatever, no. and like make it short. Like make it super short. No, yeah. two minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> That's likely what we're gonna see, though. Is like a real tease, tease, tease. It's not gonna be a full trailer. I can't imagine this far out. And for me personally, I would be happy to watch this first thing. And then nothing else until it mm-hmm. comes out. Like, I, there's probably going to be like, this will be like the teaser trailer, and then there will be like the trailer, and then maybe trailer two. I'm not interested in trailer and trailer two. I just kind of want a taste of it right now. Can we also all agree right now, as long as we're all putting our swords on the table, that uh, <laughs> well, that's how you agree, right? Uh, Sausages. Oh jeez, yeah. the old sausage sword. Saying, no, that's not, that's crazy. Uh, you're mixing your metaphors here, nerds. Oh, but uh, can we agree as well that people who refuse to watch trailers going into a movie, you're a little bit of a psychopath. Like, that's, come on! That's you're what you're calling avoid, Bud here. You're, would you? Do you not watch any trailer going no, 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 into no. a movie? I didn't watch the first the, any trailers for the first Infinity War, and as it was coming up, I backed myself away from Facebook and whatnot because I had just sort of heard 
based on the scope of this movie and based on it, there was two parts that there was something big. So not only did I try to avoid all the trailers and then the internet sort of as it came out and as it happened, I also somehow managed to go four months, maybe five months without actually seeing the movie, um, which was something completely separate. Um, but yeah, for something this big, yeah, I'll probably avoid, you know, too much of it. But why? Like trailers right now, I think we can also put our swords on this, is that they're like an art Stop form. Stop putting your swords on everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything up. Um, Trailers are like, and especially Marvel trailers, are a beautiful art unto themselves. They get you hyped for the movie without giving you, giving away everything. Gone are the days, really, when you went to go see a movie and you would proclaim the first thing you would say is like, all the good parts were in the movie trailer. I disagree with that. I think Spider-Man Homecoming did that exact thing. Oh, no. Like, when I went and saw Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm like, ah, man, like, all the action parts and all like the big, especially the part where he's like going over the helicopter, yeah. like near the Washington Monument. Yeah. yeah, like man, I didn't need to see that. Like I would have loved to have seen all that stuff on the big screen. That's true. Okay, seventeen things on this. First, um, I am a trailer junkie. Like from like when I first learned about trailer, like it's a single digit. <laughs> when I was a kid, this is totally gonna date me. When I was a kid, somewhere on the dial. There was a channel that showed nothing but trailers. What? It was like a promo for their, their, their pay TV movie channel or whatever it was. And I would sit there for hours watching trailers. Cute. I've certainly seen exponentially more trailers than movies. I went back, though, to trailers from like the, what, a, a 60s or 70s, and yeah. they, they, would, they would detail the entire plot yeah. to you. Like, they would narrate oh, it and tell yeah, you. Yeah, and like, that was yeah, they had the trailer guy. Yeah, yeah that was right. way too far. Guy. A renegade cop. A robot renegade cop. So a the mysterious of the, gunslinger exactly. comes to town. <laughs> the trailers of the 70s and the 80s and probably not, like, they, 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 were, they were okay, they were good, they, they teased you, they got you in there, and then there was this stretch where, yeah, it seemed like way too much, and all the good parts were being put into the trailer. Trailers, and I feel that only sort of recently they're dialing back on that and they're trying to make it less of a full spoiler um, experience for you. Probably because spoiler is a thing. Hashtag spoiler. So I think trailers are getting, getting back to where I believe they should be. But I do love I do love a trailer. It should be foreshadowing. It should be like yes. the shorter the trailer the better the movie. Yes. The longer the trailer, the worse the movie. I'm pointing He's, at you and saying, yes, point. I agree. The, Baywatch. Jurassic World 2, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I'm How much better would have Jurassic World 2 been if they just had that one trailer where they're like, we need to get the dinosaurs off the island, and they didn't show anything with the house yeah. or anything like that, like trying to get well, away? Well, because you could pinpoint where what act you are in the movie just by watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. There's like, oh, they're wow. showing act one in this trailer right now. Oh, now they're on to act two. Oh, there's the third act where they're, they're in that mansion, right? Yeah. Like, it's It was very, very, very spoilery. As normals, we shouldn't be able to do that. No. We shouldn't be able to associate that so easily from something that's supposed to be just a, a an incentive to, to come and see the movie. Mm-hmm. But in... Infinity War, going back to it, it's there's so much anticipation for this movie. Like the Russo brothers were doing a QA, the directors were doing a QA last night, and they didn't say anything. They really. refused. They didn't say anything. They yeah. didn't say anything about Bless the new them. movie. That's great. They brought an air horn. They brought anybody <laughs> anybody that asked questions about the trailer or Avengers 4, they air horned them. That's and right. people that's were awesome. loving it. That's and that's, so that's the power that Marvel has, though, is because they know they've got people's money after Infinity War, one of the biggest movies of the year, or maybe of our lifetime. Um, they know they have people's money, so they know that they don't have to do 
much. Do you know what's so funny is to think about uh, how we all in this room, it's true, like we're the ones who are most excited for this trailer, but the trailer really is not for us. Or it is, but still as a marketing tool, it's to try and convince the kind of like the, the like the lower 70% of fans to come and see this movie like you saw the first movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The upper 30%, which we're all squarely in, of like fandom, like Brian said, you've got my money. Just take it on a drip, you know, for the rest of all time. Just every movie that comes out, you know I'm going to come and see it. I mean, you might as well be on a monthly subscription service to just Marvel movies, <laughs> Yeah, right? We don't need the trailers. It's for those lower 70% of fandom that are like, oh, maybe I'll see it, maybe I won't, and try and convince them. That's such an interesting thing to think about when you're watching these trailers. We call them normies. Those normies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a marketing tool for normies. I have a tie-in on the whole monthly subscription thing, but first, Brian, I wanted your speculation on when we will see uh, an Avengers 4 my, trailer. My speculation is next. So what's going to happen, and I had said this in an email to you guys during prep, I was, I was saying next week, by Wednesday of next week, we're going to be getting um, the first of three Prelude comics. Now, every time Marvel releases a movie, uh, like especially one of the big movies, the Avengers, the Civil War, there's usually a comic that's like a Prelude to the story. Go ahead. Why don't you do that in the mic? Oh, there you go. There you go. Paul's just Paul's sitting just in anticipation. Cracking a beer. Crack his pipe. Can I? Yeah, I think it's just a pop. That's a pop. Pop. Um, so they release, every time a big movie event comes out, they release a prelude comic. Uh, in this case, they're actually releasing uh, a trilogy, like three prelude comics. Um, I think a trailer will need to appear before the prelude comic because... The Prelude comic is likely going to be a spoiler for the title, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming they're going to want to reveal in the trailer. At the very least, the title, if not plot points, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, here's hoping. Wednesday next. Here's hoping by the next pod we'll be able to talk about it, even though Art doesn't necessarily care. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch the shit out of it. Don't <laughs> yeah. get it wrong. It's going to take up my entire day, probably. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, here's a late-breaking story from the CBC. No, it's not. Um... Netflix Canada will be increasing its prices again. Oh man, serious? Yeah. So the um, what, what did Netflix start as in Canada? Seven ninety nine a month. I think back in I the think day. So, yeah. 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 So um, it's now it's going to go up. The standard plan will go up three dollars more to uh, thirteen ninety nine a month. It just went up half a year ago. Too. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah it did. Um, yeah, all the all right the plans now. went up a dollar. Uh, so this will be con- t- uh, to watch content on two standard def screens at a time. Um, the, the basic plan, that's the basic plan. That, right? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I just right. read this on the air. Yeah. So yeah. The basic plan, uh, no HD and only one stream goes up to nine ninety nine, and the premium plan goes up $3 again to $17 a month, sixteen ninety nine. Now for that, you get Holy. four simultaneous streams and up to 4k or uhd ultra hd video um but dang yeah because this is another rise in, in within a year uh that we're getting from netflix we're gonna have to make a decision aren't we there ryan i already kind of know that the disney streaming service is going to have my money regardless disney plus so now it's my decision is going to be whether or not like how how much do i love stranger things am i going to pay a yearly subscription or a monthly subscription just to wait for another season of that, you know? There's CBS All Access, there's uh, HBO, there's yeah. Crave, Crave Plus, just like Disney Plus, Netflix, Disney Plus, 
Hulu if we want to get into that. There's so much, so many little tentacles reaching for our wallets. But yeah, uh, Netflix is still definitely my main squeeze. But uh, yeah, this Disney thing will give it a run for its money. And these kind of price hikes don't help Netflix. Yeah, that's a bit of a gouge if you ask me, man. Like I, I especially think that the 4K thing doesn't interest me at all unless it's like, like big animation or like crazy special effects like if it's just like house of cards like i don't want to see you know some robin wright's pores up close i don't care no you know <laughs> this isn't um but like three dollar hike especially from our arts point of it going up already i don't think their content i think netflix is at a point now where they're pumping out more crap than like high quality stuff yeah I and and i like netflix but like none of my favorite shows are like netflix exclusives and i mean uh, like now that disney's gone and now like that marvel's probably headed out of there with all like defenders daredevil Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff yeah it's it's going to be a question yeah is it worth keeping two valid points it is a heck of a hike um the three dollars that's a that's a big jump like the the one dollar last time across all plans little easier to swallow and yeah you're right for the for the normies um we're not experiencing you know it's it you sit down and, and most people don't have your massive home theater or whatnot so 4k is not going to matter to i think your average viewer i mean they're they're saying it they're justifying it by saying they're going to create great new content right so you know what I, where is it show us this, i right? think i'm the reason why i'm not surprised about this as well is because about a year or maybe a year and a half ago there was a story about how netflix completely blew their wad and they're they were in debt because of all the original content they were trying to make mm-hmm. half of which turned out to be crap <laughs> right so it, it's 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 kind of not surprising that they're they're pulling this move because they need money how many fucking talk shows does netflix need yeah, like honestly, <laughs> if you if you're like a former comedian or like you have a talk show on that on that channel, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's just way too much of it. It's when you sign your uh, closing deal with the Daily Show, then the, the out clauses, then you go straight to Netflix afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be a Daily Spoken respondent, not to worry. We got a Netflix talk show. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what? All these streaming services got to be really careful and learn from the past. Cable started off as a very reasonable monthly expense that we it was just a way of life yeah everyone had cable of course you have cable you got to be careful because that was the whole thing about netflix so much more affordable it becomes your number one thing to watch and it's just so affordable but now you can subscribe to youtube i am tempted by the way to subscribe to youtube because they subject me to commercials you can you can subscribe to youtube uh red no, it's not YouTube Red anymore. Someone at YouTube, someone in the halls of Google, oh, they finally told figured it someone out. about the pornography channel of RedTube. Oh, they finally got right it. because it's it like took them how long close enough. it is. Yeah. Um, so look at so, you, so what, now they're UHub. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was thinking about that, but. You know, all these streaming services got to remember, what did everyone do when cable became too expensive? They started stealing all the same stuff. If I find, if I wake up one morning and I'm just like, wait a minute, between Netflix and Crave and now I'm paying for YouTube and all this stuff, um, this is too expensive. I'm going to get rid of it all and I can steal it again and the pirating will come back. I happily just pay my Netflix bill these days because it doesn't really make a dent in my monthlies. Right. If I've started feeling that all of them together are making that dent, I'm just going to get rid and start stealing. Yeah, and mm. well, and like three dollars more per month, three times twelve, 
uh, is uh, more right. uh, than what you would be paying before, whatever yes. that I failed math night, I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, so that, all that stuff adds up. Right. A really good point is they're starting out like cable companies. You're absolutely right. And it's uh, that's where cable started out too, and it seemed okay. And then they just gouge, gouge, gouge. Right. We don't. I remember like when stealing was the biggest thing in the world, everyone just stole everything, right? As long as you had a good internet connection, you just steal, steal, steal. It was like MP3s before iTunes. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that was for movies and stuff too. And now we've all been like, okay, $8. I'll just get all my entertainment from Netflix. Yeah, we we we've we've not forgotten about stealing. By the way, you know, like, <laughs> we, we know how to do it. People, we can go right back to that Netflix. So easy does it with the rice hikes on YouTube uh, Red or whatever YouTube is going to be called now. Cobra Kai. That's my fucking. Yeah. That's my recommendation. Sure, sure. Okay. Ha- oh yeah. That. Who's seen Cobra? Who has seen Cobra Kai? Oh yeah. I haven't, haven't done right it right here. Okay, crushed so it. That's no no Paul and no Caleb. It is a ridiculous. It is a surprisingly good show. It's hilarious how in how good that is. It's, mat- it's it is. mature too. It's for a mature audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As I think I think Darren Darren our, our uh, traffic guy who introduced me to it says uh, as he put it it has no right to be this good. No, yeah. it is just, okay. it is so surprising well, it, that we're visiting a movie from the Kid. Yeah, yeah. The Karate Kid. Wow. So the the first couple of episodes plays almost like it's a funnier die sketch. It feels like great way to it's put it. So incredibly over the top hokey but then when you actually delve into the writing and like the writing of the characters and where they're at now you get so into it so that's my recommendation if you're ever to go to good call cool good recommendation (laughs) (laughs) reco (laughs) good reco dash everyone All right, let's talk about The Lion King. We have a live-action Lion King coming out in 2019. Uh, Live-action. Live, live, Is it live-action? I'll action? put live-action in quotes. We have, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. we have a non-cartoon. I don't know. Th- th- this was my question. Like, it has to be fully CG. Like... What, are they going to the African savannah and running cam- like steady cams around, looking at backgrounds, trying to picture all of the animals that, that they're putting they in might. CG? They might. They might. They might. They might. Disney might. At first, I was going to compare it. I was like, well, it's kind of like the Jungle Book in that sense. Oh, but the Jungle Book had a human person right. in it. Yeah. So, yep. I think that's enough. a fundamental problem for this movie, mm. is the lack of a human or anything. Yeah. I think these movies work better. Like the Beauty and the Beast remake, I still prefer the animated one because I, I felt like the remake ran a little long. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But, um... With any of these movies, I think you need a human character in that world to kind of ground it. Yeah. Um, I don't think this movie's going to be bad, but like personally, The Lion King is like a top 10 movie for me. It's a, I think it's, it's the greatest huge, yeah. animated like masterpiece of all time. Whoa. And I think it's a top 10 movie like ever made. Yeah, huge and, shoes to fill. And if they're yeah. shot by shotting it like they did with uh, Beauty and the Beast... There, you you can't just put. I mean, they put in a couple of extra songs or whatever in Beauty, but you can't just put any human character, because um, yeah, otherwise is this entire thing being done on a computer? Yeah, dude. Like, there's some really interesting things about this movie that's going to happen. One, you you're getting emotion through animals' eyes, right? And I think the the remakes with people work a little bit better because you get that human emotion like through the face, and that's something that we can really relate to. Mm-hmm. But like the best animation, like Disney animation, is like oh like when you know somebody bites somebody's tail in in that movie like their eyes pop wide open yep. right yeah, like yeah. the faces are are way more expressive 
And um, I think that is a really, really helpful thing in any type of animation. And now that they've gone for this realistic take, I think that's going to be a little harder to pull off. And, like, there's some serious, like, fighting in this movie, right? Like, mm, Scar right. and Simba, like, they're going to, like, shed claws and go at it. Yeah. There's going to be the part where Mufasa, like, falls off a cliff. Yeah. And Spoiler lions, like, alert. Who wants, to see, <laughs> well, who wants to see a lion... Like a realistic looking Super lion, fair point. pummel down and fall through like a stampede to like this horrific death. Like there's a lot of that stuff. Even hmm. even the romance scene, like um, can you feel the love tonight? Like yeah. they roll in the in the uh, in the savanna and like um, Nala's on top of Simba and like in the movie she totally she gives him like expression. the bedroom eyes. She's got, right? I want to fuck you eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and in this, it's like I wonder if that translation is going to be a little a little bit lost. And oh, oh man, I could keep going. Can I keep going? Please. Go okay. So there's this other part in this um, in the original Lion King when they go into oh I just can't wait to be king, mm-hmm. right? And the whole style of animation just changes. Cartoony, right? completely. Yeah, yeah, Cartoony yeah, background, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Right. Like, and then they have like that stack of animals and kind of like the big crescendo, like. Yeah. I'm not saying that they can't pull it off, but the the way that that movie's laid out is so like masterfully done through hand drawn animation. I'm I'm interested to see what it's gonna look like, and I'm a, I'm really interested in to see like what the violence is gonna look like and how the musical numbers themselves are gonna play out. Super solid points. Yeah, they they recognized at the time that even though you're within a cartoon, you can get more cartoony, but mm. you start with a base of photorealism yeah. and you know and fur whipping in the wind. Where do you go from there? Yeah, I mean, like, especially the, like, where that, the climax of that movie, like, the fight, mm-hmm. and then what happens after the fight, Jeez. like, it's, I, if I was a kid, yeah. like, I was a kid when I saw The Lion King, and I think I went and saw it in the theater, like, four times, it probably holds a record for me of, of times I went and saw that movie, nice. I love that movie, like, near and dear to my heart, Um but like even back then, I was like the violence kind of got to me just as a kid, and yeah. in in photo realistic, like with these animals and how powerful like a lion is. Even if you're watching like on a National Geographic channel, like one take down a gazelle or whatever, like yeah, it. That's a great point. Yeah. Like again, because it's a cartoon, there's that certain separation for you. But I mean, I know what you're talking about because that's my child. She's very sensitive to this kind of thing, and the more realistic it is, the more it's a miniature trauma for her. Yeah. This is why exactly when I when I ask uh, you parents in the room is like these remakes, how are they translating for kids? Because I feel just nothing but excitement from like girls my age is there what I mean like women in their 30s and their like because 20s. of the nostalgia because of the nostalgia they are losing their minds over this Lion King trailer right they're really dying to see it um it, are these remakes Jungle Book what are the other ones we got Beauty and the Beast you mentioned mm-hmm. Dumbo's coming out Al- Al- right. Aladdin Aladdin's coming out okay yeah. but the ones that are out already these live action remakes oh yeah are they popular with kids or are we hitting the like older teens and and uh, nostalgia vibes with them. I have a thought on this. Go on. So I think they are meant for us. Mm-hmm. They're meant for the grown-ups to get the nostalgia. And then as an added side bonus for them, we're going to take our kids because it's a Disney movie and we generally know what's going to happen. Right. Um, 
very much this one possibly accepted due to, you know, violence and whatever else that will be hyper-realistic in this scenario. But yeah, I think they're meant for us, and the, it is a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a gateway to the next generation. I think it's very strategic. Mm-hmm. They, they're getting us in there to relive this and then get a new perspective on it because it's live action or CG or whatever. Um, but then they're, they've suckered in the, ne- the next generation, the kids and everything. And hopefully, hopefully, this means that we will show them the cartoon versions, the proper versions, yeah. right. and uh, and then maybe they'll have their own reboot later on. And that's exactly what I did, is like, especially with the Jungle Book, right? I, I showed Aiden and Kian the Jungle Book. They did, you're right, because it's a little bit more photorealistic. They got pretty scared, especially oh. the snake part, and, you know, like, there's certain parts of the Jungle Book that they couldn't really watch. But then I went and showed them the uh, the cartoon version because that was growing up as a kid. That was my favorite soundtrack. I oh, love yeah, the bare necessities and yeah. you know I want to be like you. And um, so, but that's exactly what what Bud described is exactly what I did. And it it feels like that's what Disney's trying to do is they're trying to market it to the people that grew up with those cartoons and then show them to their kids. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting because of the fact that. There are no human beings in this at all. With mm-hmm. with Mowgli, there was, and I mean, we got the bare necessities and mm-hmm. uh, like I've caused like little trust in me song and all those little things in in the Jungle Book. But like the Lion King has like full on songs, like banger songs, like yeah. one after another after yeah. another. I think like seven songs in that movie, and it, it's just going to be interesting to see how that translates uh, in a stylistic way as well as just like how the uh, animals are going to be able to hold it all together. I think I saw on the internet too that there or on somebody's Facebook comment that they're not going to include that Scar song Be Prepared. That's what I saw too. Oh, People okay. are chapped. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's a good Interesting. song. And that that song had style in it too, right? Like with yeah. the hyena marching, like the oh, big the, goose stepping marches right. that they did and the plumes of smoke. Yeah. 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 I can see it now. That was a good number. Like, was oh, yeah. was there a reason why? No, I just saw that on a okay. Comment. Fair I, enough. I I'll, yeah, I'll be upset if they like axe that, but add a whole bunch of other new nonsense. Because that was my kind of least favorite thing about the Jungle Book was all the extra crap. I was like, get, uh, get follow the same pacing as the original. Is yeah. what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. Get to the songs. Get to the I want to be like you. I feel like all these movies that have come out so far have have suffered a little bit from pacing problems. Yeah. I'm pretty interested in Dumbo too, actually to see because that movie the the disney movie itself clocks in pretty short yeah. right and i want to see what they do with that and drugs are different these days yeah <laughs> <laughs> holy smokes that animated movie wow yeah. <laughs> all and that- there's gonna be no crows in that movie too for good reason all that said i can't i still have faith in this lion king remake i uh, don't think that disney would have gone near their one of their most prized gems in their diadem to uh it's like if unless they thought that the technology and th- what they were going to do with it, their um, how they were going to ma- do it, all what you're saying, like yeah. how you can relate to the animals, wasn't just so and just right. You know what I mean? And also, this voice cast, too, I was doing a comparison of like this new voice cast versus the old one. There's only a couple where I'm like sad to lose. Jeremy Irons, Irons is one of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. I'm kind of chatted about that. 
I was like, you can get Rowan Atkinson back to do Zazu, but John Oliver will John be Oliver sweet. John Oliver will be perfect. Absolutely. He's, he's perfect, that. of course. But I was, yeah, I know, but just Rowan Atkinson still exists and is great. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. And um, But everyone else in that cast makes, makes way more sense in this remake now. Oh, you don't so, think Jonathan Taylor Thomas could? Oh, and Matthew Broderick who couldn't <laughs> sing? I'm so excited for this voice cast to do these characters. No, I agree. The voice cast is going to be great. It's It's just like... I don't think Disney's scared to brush off any of these movies, right? Yeah. And, and put yeah. them out there. I, yeah. And I don't think The Lion King is going to be a miss by any means. I just think it's like it and Aladdin were like consecutive year after year, like probably two of Disney's like most like celebrated movies. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's a big question mark with Aladdin with like, wh- what is Will Smith going to be like as this as genie? genie? Yeah. Right. And then I think the biggest question with The Lion King is, because there are no humans in this movie, like, how is it going to transfer with how it looks? Like, if it's a realistic type looking movie. Um, Just real quick here, like, a movie like Bambi, man, you know, if they ever decide to try and make Bambi like a wildlife uh, action movie, it's going to have the same problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? But it's, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, of the two of those, though, Lion King and Aladdin, I'm way more concerned for Aladdin. Are you? Yeah. You're I'm concerned not. for it? Yes. I'm like, excited sh- for it. I'm excited for it, too, but like swapping out. And, and so, again, this is a movie now that you're depending on your human characters way more, way more. Um, swapping out Robin Williams for Will Smith, that's a major swap out. Yeah. And that's, and I, again, like I'm saying upgrade, upgrade, upgrade in the Lion King voices and cast, but. I don't know if that's well, an upgrade. You know, I feel like if, if it's a Robin lateral move, that's even a, a generous thing. But how? What is he going to do? It's going to be totally different. If Robin Williams was still here, they would have James Earl Jones that, and then they would. I would hope. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. would hope. Like, yes. Yeah. So my thought, my thought on that is, is a the genie cannot look anything like Will Smith. I think the genie has to look like the genie. Like it's still, I think they would, it would, mm. they would, it would serve them to make him so cartoony as it was in the original, so as to not try to look like Will Smith or like Robin Williams. And again, I don't know if they're going to, mm. but my hope would be that they would be able to just make it so larger than life and honest. Because here's the thing: you can model the CG after the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I think very easily, and I think that would be the best sort of suspension of disbelief is to not have it look like either face of Robin Williams or Will Smith. But the g- cartoon genie kind of looked like Robin Williams. Uh, yes, but there was enough was of a... based on him. There was enough of a simplicity of the lines and everything yeah. that I think it could be generic enough, not necessarily to tie it to one voice or another. I'm not sure about the speaking vocal delivery, but when I heard this, I thought about Will Smith's like vocal sin- like singing range. Yeah. He's right in there. I think that's a smart choice for the music. I'm mm. just not sure about the delivery of the spoken words you know but and i do it's whether or not it's going to be you know will smith doing the rather millions of the impersonations you know with the vocal placement and whatnot or if it's going to be him just taking it and making it his own thing likely it would be interesting though likely the latter yeah yeah that fish movie that he did where he was the voice (laughs) of the main fish i just i hear will smith absolutely it was just will smith as well as osmosis jones that's sort of a problem with... That's Chris Rock, you racist. Oh, jeez. What? <laughs> oh, no. It was Chris Rock. Oh. Well, what am I thinking? There's another one that's like that. Oh, yeah. There's another one out there. I'm sure. <laughs> what was it? Juice? or? No, if if no. you use words, you people, I'm kicking no, you out of the I would never. Oh, whoops. There's got to be another one where he voices a thing and it's bad. But here's... This is, this is the thing with using celebrities against 
using journeyman voice actors like because the celebrities oh. sound like themselves yeah. and generally the celebrities are cast to sound like themselves with very few exceptions but then there is this this huge swath of talented voice actors who are in there to not sound like themselves to sound like different characters every time there's the 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 Rob Paulsons and the Tress McNeils and I, like I I I I I love this gang of people like I sort of follow a lot of these voice actors and there's new ones coming up and there's uh, Dee Bradley Baker and Frank Welker these are all great names to look up if you look up any of these names and go to their IMDb IMDb pages holy smokes it's going to kill you with their credits oh, because sure. they're yeah. in there to sound like the character and then move on and sound like something else. Where in most cases, I would say, a celebrity is cast for the cachet and they cannot put on a voice that is different from theirs because they kind of want to sound recognizable. They want their own brand to be in there. And that is definitely an anchor on a performance, especially taking up a beloved character like Jeannie. Yeah, man, I totally agree with that. Uh, I think one exception is Bradley Cooper as Rocket. I think he crushes that. Yeah, uh, I will. I will agree. It was Bradley Cooper. It was yeah. like, a, but uh, yeah, I, like mean, I, say, there I, are I totally exceptions. agree with you. Yeah, like completely. Nice. Um, we have some sad news. Uh, Caleb, take this one because you brought this. You brought this topic to us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I a great creator, like great animator, awesome, funny guy. Totally understands like the minds of of children and adults, and just like the power of imagination. Steven Hillenberg passed away this week. And it's devastating, man. SpongeBob SquarePants, creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, like one of the most influential cartoons of all time. And it's just like, it's the most happy-go-lucky, like joyous cartoon I think I've ever watched. And he was the guy behind like all, all of it. And yeah, it's pop culture ramifications are incredible. And yeah, he dude was only, he was like 57. 57. Yeah. Luke Eric's disease, ALS. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, man, it's like so many like young creators of like just these influential things have been going and like i my nephew and i that was like a big part of like our bond um as like he was growing up when i was over there in vancouver and man we must still watch like season two and season three of spongebob on dvd like almost every night over and over and over again laughing and that show is like it's so good on so many levels right like there's so much like physical humor in that animated show that works insanely well and just like SpongeBob as a character, I think is such a good role model for for children, right? Like the positivity that he like is always conveying, and like this childlike wonderment of whenever he sees something, and even like a friend like Patrick, who's like a, a little slow and quick to anger, like he's so good with his friend, and he's like he, you know he has he loves going to work and all that sort of stuff. It's just like man, that show has like some of the most laugh out loud moments. And that's, on any show. The show's been around for such a long time, and mm-hmm. SpongeBob is as present in the pop culture fabric yeah. as it ever was. Yeah. Um, are you, Paul, presently wearing SpongeBob uh, boxer shorts? No, okay, I'm not. Okay, thought I'd ask. <laughs> I, I know, mostly, mostly on most days, I, I, I know you are, but I yeah. just thought I'd ask. I do. Yeah, I have a love for SpongeBob as well so much, and I agree. Like, on good days when I'm leaving the house, it's um, it's true. It's like I'm singing this, like, I'm ready song. Yeah. And I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready. I, just, I love that. That's someone you're right. It's about going to work, being happy with going to your job. And SpongeBob has the worst job there is. He's just flipping burgers. Yeah. Right? But he's just like, he's excited to get up and go to work. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the 
uh, it's like it's really cool that Hillenburg was a uh, marine biologist that he poured so much of that into it, but like such in a silly way too. Like, can you imagine that pitch meeting? It's like it's a species sponge, <laughs> and he's wearing pants. End of pitch, right? Yeah. Like, but he they, looks like an actual like retail sponge, right? right? Yeah, right. the actual cubic yeah. freaking yeah. straight edged sponge. Uh, oh, brilliant! I'm gonna have to check out this SpongeBob. <laughs> 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 were you that's at all awesome. like? Were you even a Rocco's Modern Life? Fan at all? No, man. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I didn't have TV. I grew up on the little island. We didn't have cable or anything. So, yeah, I kind of missed out on these. Dude, those shows put like Nickelodeon on the map. Huge. Like, they wouldn't be around without those two shows. Yeah. And um, I just love like the style behind SpongeBob, the Hawaiian guitar music, everything. Like, the world that they created is just amazing. And yeah, I think that guy's going to be sorely missed. The animation in that show, too, for a cartoon. That airs on Saturdays is so fluid and not cheaply done whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, very sad, very sad day. Let's um, let's talk about let, let's get into some some reviews. Hey, some some little chats. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start. I was gonna say let's start with The Walking Dead, but no, Art is bursting at the seams to talk Creed oh, Two. Tear let's, down Creed. Let's have a little bit of a Creed Two let's chat, shall we, Art? So I saw a movie this week. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, Art? Tell us about it. Okay, Creed, Creed 2, which is the sequel to Creed 1. I guess it's just called Creed. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, good, sorry. Don't get I mean, we're gonna pre- with the band, Art. <laughs> so I think we're going to preface this by saying that both yeah. myself and Art saw this uh, on Monday. I don't think anybody else in this room had seen no. it. I like it. Art doesn't. Now, let's go b- back a little further. Creed comes from the... Well, the Rocky series. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just, just, just let's yeah. bird's eye for everyone. And, and this is probably a good moment to... Uh, not that we haven't done it already. Probably a good moment to seriously give our spoiler alert. Sure. But, I mean, I think everybody knows what they're getting when they come into this movie. You know, there's not really Fair any enough. surprises. Fair enough. Maybe that's a spoiler in itself. <laughs> but- Hello, everyone. This is a spoiler alert. Thank you. Okay. So... Creed 1, the first Creed, was fantastic because because it was, they created a new character in this Rocky-verse. You know, that's what I'm calling That's what I'm going to call it, the Rocky-verse. <laughs> uh, and Creed, Creed is like, he, he's the son of Apollo Creed, which is, you know, in the first couple of Rocky movies there. And, and I loved in Creed how they created another character, and it was all about him, and, but you still got the nostalgia of Rocky. And... My problem with Creed 2 was that it was too much Rocky nostalgia. Like, it was all Rocky, I thought. They didn't do oh. enough to, to to make it a Creed movie. And that's what I really loved about the first Creed. And this is what I was expecting out of this one, because Creed was his own, you know, scrappy character. And this one, and I understand it comes from, if anybody here has seen Rocky 4, spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, Apollo Creed gets killed in the ring. Uh, by the Russian Drago, and this movie is all about what happens after that. And you know what I did love about this movie, though, Brian? I loved the Russian side of this movie, <laughs> and I wanted more of that. But except it was too caught up in old Rocky, you know. And I loved I loved Rocky's moments in this movie, of course, because like who doesn't love Rocky? His the nostalgia of the goofy, you know. Two cents short of it, whatever. You know, Rocky. He's and he's great. Sylvester Stallone is great. Who also said this is his last movie. He said that mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, which I think that's a good thing. 
which also pisses me off more about this movie because that this they is have, the swan song. Yeah, they have. Well, they have something with Creed here, and I just thought that they didn't do enough to flush out his character. I didn't believe his role in this movie. So money. You think uh, this was a cash grab? Well, no, 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 no. I didn't think it was a. I understand what they were trying to do because they tr- it was like a remake of Rocky Four is what it was. I, I didn't think it had to do that. All right. Brian. Me? Yeah. Uh, one, I disagree with you that it is all Rocky and no Creed. I think Rocky was in it enough, but they almost didn't flush out his char- the character arc they gave him in this. Because the character arc they gave him in this... Uh, are we in spoilers? Do you guys care? I don't think you oh, guys I don't, care. I don't, yeah, no, go, go for it. Uh, I think the character arc <laughs> they gave him in this was just um, being able to reconnect with his own family, um, with with his son. And because he hadn't seen his son in a, in a while, he wanted to stay. He felt like he wanted to stay out of his son's way because his son was always in Rocky's shadow when his son was living in Philadelphia. His son I've never seen my son. Yeah, <laughs> that so, was amazing. Wow. So his son now lives in Vancouver with his wife, and they have a kid, and he's never even met his kid. And that's what—that's kind of Rocky's character arc in this story. Um, I almost think they didn't flush it out enough, but I understand why they gave him this character arc, especially if uh, Stallone's made the, uh, um, the the decision to not carry on with the Rocky character. Which I think pretty much after watching this movie, I was like, they can actually start. Uh, Creed three with Rocky's death or Rocky's funeral, um, so that Creed is all Creed is now or Creed three is now all about um, Adonis Creed stepping out on his own and being his own, you know, because like in in Rocky three, Rocky spoiler alert, I guess, but in yeah. Rocky three, Rocky loses Mickey, right? Mickey dies uh, in, in Rocky three, and now he's got to you know go through it and train without Mickey. Um, and that's sort of kind of the parallels in this, but I, I th- very much disagree that this was all of a uh, all a Rocky and no Creed. I thought um, Michael B. Jordan carried this character and he carried this movie. Don't get me wrong, Michael B. Jordan's a fantastic actor. He did what he could do with what they gave him. Well, I think they gave him a lot to work. Like he he he's shown that he's definitely the one that's going to be carrying this franchise from here on out. Well, um, then why are we? tugging on the heartstrings of Rocky for this entire movie. I don't I don't understand not, that. I don't think it there was, was only the one movie. interesting part about Creed in this movie. I think he's like cuz he's missing for a good chunk of the movie because his whole thing as his manager and I think this ties into uh Adonis Creed's storyline is um he didn't uh, believe that Adonis Creed is taking this fight against Victor Drago for the right reasons. And he's like, as long as you're, as long as you're going to take this fight for these reasons, I'm not going to be the one to train you. Um, and that, and so he goes, he's basically not there for the first, uh, leading up to that, like middle, middle fight. Um, he's, he's kind of missing and it's, it's all kind of, you know about Creed and how he's going to be able to, uh, you know, to get past this fight and get you know and defeat this opponent. Um, I th- and like the dramatic, like the majority, of the dramatic scenes were were on Michael B. Jordan to to execute. Um, so I thought I thought this whole was like this was all him pretty much, and they did give Rocky a bit of a story arc. But I don't know if they flushed it out. They could have flushed it out almost a little bit more in order to, for, to have it make sense or to have it fit a little bit more with, within the storyline. I'm sorry, guys. i got to jump in here for a second. It's fleshed out 
which I know sounds really weird. I but know. I always say flushed Yeah, out, you're not I? flushing out a character. <laughs> That's kind of, you're getting rid. But when you're flushing out a character, I'm sorry, continue. I'm just, <laughs> me and my semantics. You, I, you, you go on. Yeah. Okay. Fleshed out the character. <laughs> I, I just didn't buy Creed's storyline in this movie. And I, I didn't, and like you said, like Rocky said, I'm not going to train you for this fight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, for me, like, he didn't know his dad in the first movie. That mm-hmm. wasn't a part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's supposed to care about how his dad died? That's why, though. That's why. Is that Rocky's... See, and, and that's that's why I'm like... So in this... So I, are you saying the reason why is because Drago took away the opportunity for Adonis Creed to know his father? Is that... No, well, I th- okay. So in this, the, the the way he gets this fight is that um, Drago takes his son to the United States to start goading him into wanting to, in, into taking a fight uh, for his championship belt, um, and he's saying, "Yo, I, you know, him, my basically my dad took out your dad. Yeah, take this fight. You know, otherwise you're okay. a pussy." Um, <laughs> nana nana boo boo. Now that's good enough to create this emotional. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that you know? Rocky. What Rocky was calling Adonis out is that no, this fight. You're not taking this fight because it's and it's his his mom was saying saying the same thing too. Don't pretend this is about your father. Don't like you could you could say this is a, this is for you. You could say that, whatever. Don't pretend this is about Apollo Creed, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I understand, but that. that's the lesson his character learned. So in the middle of the fight, again, spoiler alert, he doesn't necessarily lose. There was a disqualification because he was hit while he was down, but he was clearly going to lose that fight. He got all fucked up. Um, he was clearly going to lose that fight. And in that, you know, w- within that quote unquote loss, he basically lost himself. He was like getting ready to have a kid, but he was super distant with, with his wife after that middle, middle fight in the movie. I thought he pulled that off perfectly. Don't I? Michael B. Jordan was fantastic. I'm not. I'm not taking that away from him. Mm-hmm. I just. I thought this movie was more about like the rush, the Rocky fans, than it was about the Creed fans. And that's well, that's my problem. As a it. base thing, it has to be at first. And then Why? I think this is a transitional. Creed, the first Creed didn't have to. Wasn't. Uh, it was. It no. was. It. No. Everything oh, here oh, is oh. kind of a transitional oh. thing to take the franchise for him to take the franchise. I think the franchise is all his in number three. If they wanted to go with number four, I think he can carry it. But it does. It, you do need this sort of symbolic passing of the torch. Question: I haven't seen either of these. Does Creed ever block? Because like back yes. in the day, Rocky just took punches. Oh yeah, back, yeah. back in the day, they didn't even have to <laughs> land for him to, his head yeah. to be knocked back. Yeah, like, well, Creed throws I, up you know the what? arms. He squares up and he in does Creed, it right in the first Creed. I think they should have won an Oscar for sound editing, editing alone. One hundred percent. That 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 middle fight in in the first Creed. Um, and again, this is now this is me speaking from experience of somebody who's been in a boxing ring. They were able to edit the sound to a point where, you know, when you're in a boxing ring, you I like when I was in the boxing ring for the first time, I did not know that the DJ played music in between rounds wow. because I was sitting down. I was listening to my trainer. I could hear people yelling and all that kind of stuff. And then when you're in the ring, you hear certain bursts of like somebody yelling at you. You hear your trainer yelling at you. You hear the other corner's trainer yelling at the other guy sometimes. Brian, I'm and pregnant. The what? way they, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but the way they, the way they edited those fights it. is perfect. Cool. Um, the way they edit like the major fights usually at the end is by including all those like like Jim Lampley, Max Kellerman, all those HBO guys, and that's kind of just the way 
you know, you would do any sort of fight at this point, like any sort of fight movie at this point now. Um, it is choreographed way better than the 80s, though. Cool. This movie should have came before, before Creed. I think they needed a setup. I think it would have been way too early. Oh, so this movie, now let's get Paul yelling here because he hasn't seen, is, is the setup between one and three. Not necessarily. I think if they had, incl- had introduced Victor Drago in the first one, it would have been if it, it would have been way too quick. Too I would have called it out on being way too. No, quick. no, no. I don't. I don't mean necessarily like the exact sequence of what happened and have Drago in it. I'm saying if you want to have a movie that's based on Rocky's past, mm-hmm. do that movie before doing. Before doing the Creed but movie, the Rocky, didn't they do that? wasn't there an old man Rocky movie though? Before? Yeah, Rocky, Balboa, Rocky Balboa, which is my Rocky Five. That's by the right. Way. You don't like it? <laughs> I don't like. No, I don't like Rocky Five. So Rocky Balboa is my Rocky Five. Nobody <laughs> likes Rocky Five. Rocky Balboa is. Good. I I don't know. I just didn't think there was any kind of payoff at the end of the uh, at the end of uh, Creed Two. That was my biggest problem. I think well, because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe. I it. think like if you're comparing Creed One versus Creed Two, I didn't. I liked Creed One more than I did. Like Creed Two, yeah. uh, I don't know if it necessarily had to do with the fact that Ryan Coogler didn't direct this one because he yeah. he was he I think it be it was because he was directing Black Panther that he didn't have a chance to direct this one right. Um, but I think they managed to pull it off in terms of if they wanted to carry this franchise on. I like I think this movie helped them do it. Uh, Arts Worthless Reviews gave it a six point two out of ten. Wow. Uh, Creed first Creed hard eight out of ten. Dang, yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, and I don't rate things out of ten because it leads to arguments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about arguments. It leads to arguments about the school system somehow, like yeah. last week. And <laughs> anyway, thanks for letting me vent, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. You were you were so ready, man. We couldn't not. Uh, let's talk a little bit of Game of Thrones. Um, it looks like they have shot, before the series is over, they've shot a reunion special with a lot of the people that were in previous, you know, before they got their heads chopped off or whatever, in, in previous seasons of Game of Thrones. Earlier this year, they shot this special with Conan O'Brien, and they're going to save it and release it with a box set of the complete series after the next season, which hasn't aired yet, is finished. Before anybody says anything about this, I haven't seen the last two episodes. So what if we really I know so let me leave the room before you like have any big spoilers. No, I, I, you I, deserve I, to have it spoiled. I don't oh. I don't think there's any major plot points that we need to cover here because uh, it's been months and months I'm and months. Enjoying it. Holy e- smoke. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> I hate cliffhangers, guys. Okay? So if I can just jump right into the next episode, that'd be fantastic. Paul legitimately has his hand over his face right now. I'm so it's mad so at you right good. now. How long have you been sitting on these last two episodes? Uh, it's been a couple of months, yeah. Oh, what? That's I what know. I mean. He, he was them. going through them. He, yeah. was, he just stopped. Yeah. If you were yeah, if you were in the process and you're like, oh, I'm watching one a week, and it's like, I got to watch the second to last episode this week, and then the next one that way, I'll be like, okay, I kind of understand, because I did that. <laughs> this jabroni shelved Breaking Bad after Hank ate it for like a year. 
Oh my. Because he's like, oh, I don't want to see how it ends. It's like, just finish it. <laughs> finish your goddamn show so we Listen, can talk about it. In my it. defense there, that, that show was just getting so intense and I knew it was about to happen. I just didn't want to see it. Did, oh did, did, you put just... the, did you put the DVDs in the freezer <laughs> <laughs> so that nothing happens? <laughs> well, it was on Netflix by yeah. this time, guys. Oh, the entire geez. show was over for years. And I, it was just really, it was really getting to me what was about to happen. And I just... I just needed a break. Okay, okay. so are sensitive on Game of Thrones so, on cliffhangers. So, all right, that's fair enough. Let's let's maybe. Well, there's not really much of a story about that because we can't see anything about him. We don't know who's in it. There's a rumor that Sean Bean, who is Ned and got his uh, cool head chopped off, is somewhere in there. Yeah. So, so did Here's Conan O'Brien then see everything? You're like, does he know what's going to happen? Well, he didn't yeah. see anything, everything in like the series, but he would be talking about it. I think as if it's already happened because the premise of this is it will be it'll be coming out after was, the end of season. Nine. Was he like a known? Game Game of Thrones fan, Conan O'Brien? Oh, he's always had the, ca- like, when he goes to Comic-Con, he always has, like, a full cast uh, thing of, of everything, and Game of Thrones is always his most popular oh, okay. for his show. Sweet. He's just, like, a popular moderator of, yeah. of the show. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. But do you have something? Oh, just, um, that'd be cool to see, because I'm blasting through Game of Thrones right now, and uh, it would be, it's always so cool when you, like, when you lose... Um, an actor on that show who's so good. So it'll be really, really cool to see them all and all the way back to Sean Bean. Yeah. You know, that is one thing that when you rewatch that show, you, you realize how different characters majorly carry that show through each individual season. And you they know? have to because their predecessor did not last as long as anybody thought they would. Exactly, yeah. So it was re- it's really cool to rewatch now and see like just how amazing it is. Yeah, season one is all about Sean Bean. There was remember, do you remember back in the day there was actual speculation that HBO wouldn't dream to follow the show and kill Ned Stark as the way that he did at the end of that book? Because how why would you waste all this marketing money putting Sean Bean up on all of your big billboards? Why would you pay Sean Bean? You get the biggest name in you know. I was like Sean Bean, Sean Bean. We're gonna build the show all around Sean Bean, and they let's just like keep him going. Isn't they casting that actor kind of a tell though? Well, uh, good Got point. Guys and everything. <laughs> uh, no. Very good point. That's the universe trying to balance out the fact that his names should rhyme but don't. <laughs> <laughs> Seen Bean. Bean or Sean Bond. Sean Bond. <laughs> Sean Bond. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move forward uh, or backwards, I guess. Uh, there is a Game of Thrones prequel series that we're we know is coming, and uh, George R. R. Martin kind of maybe possibly spoiled that it would be called The Long Night, um, which would uh, reference the uh, the creation of the White Walkers, um, which would take place 8,000 years before the Game of Thrones that, w- that uh, we're watching in what is called The Age of Heroes. Um, also, sidebar, there's a pretty darn good Marvel podcast called yeah, the Wolverine, Wolverine The Long Night. Yeah. Right. Um, it's like a radio play, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe cool. he's older than he says oh! he was, and he was there for <laughs> White Walker <Walkers> Wolverine. And- <laughs> <laughs> what we did learn is that Naomi Watts will be playing the lead. And- She'll gear down in that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She gears down and everything. She's getting up there, but... Is she married to Daniel Craig? No, she's married to uh, Lee Schreiber. Oh, Schreiber. Okay, you yeah. racist? Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's married... Oh, she's married to Sabretooth, too. He's oh, connection. Connection, yeah. Seven degrees. And the, um, the lady behind... The Kingsman movies and and a movie called Kick Ass. Anybody see Kick Ass? Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. It was a surprisingly good movie. Uh, yep. Jane Goldman will be behind the uh, 
the Game of Thrones prequel, which, uh, you know, was given a name and then that name was taken away. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. As much as I dislike prequels, I'm uh, holding out hope for this one because I know there's so much history that George R. R. Martin has done with Westeros and that whole thing. And also, I think you avo- you're going to avoid a lot of the prequel plot or uh, Plot, plot holes? No, not plot holes. Uh, Retcon? No, no, no. It's like with that thing you trip into. What's that? What's that word? Holes? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what he's talking about. It's a type of hole that, good you guess. Tri- that you trip into. A you, ditch? No, no. It's like it's like if you're carefully trying to navigate something, and then you trip into a hole. That's what is that called? Trap? No. A manhole? No. This is really fun, though. No, um, it's like uh, it's a tripping hole. No. <laughs> We all know it's like you get to avoid us. Glory hole. You, no, stop. <laughs> Just don't. Caleb. Uh, Use it in a sentence. Use it in context. I want uh, to figure this word out now. Uh, you're, when you're making a prequel, you're going to avoid. You're going to want to avoid. Pitfalls. Pitfalls. Oh, Caleb. thank you, Caleb. Yes, where it's going to avoid. Redeemed himself for the glory hole. <laughs> thank, thank you for saying and it again. So, glory hole. You're going to avoid a lot of these prequel glory holes. Pitfalls. By, pitfalls too. By having it don't. so far oh before uh, the uh, main story that you're telling right now. There won't be a lot of like, here's baby Ned Stark, wink, 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 right? Which I hate in <laughs> prequels. You're going to tell a totally different story that is so far disconnected. You'll barely be able to see the threads that connect the two stories. I agree. Pre- prequels that are too close or immediately leading up to huge expectations, way too much to go wrong, and yeah, the more distance you give it, probably the better. Is that why you're not watching Better Call Saul? Is it a prequel? Oh, I guess it is, eh? Spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, no, the I The annoyance wanna, on your face. I want to wow. get to Better Call Saul. Tell me it's not winking at me constantly. No, uh, you know what? I, I think one thing with both this show and with Better Call Saul, one thing that they really did well here is a lot of people do prequels Further down the line, like Star Wars, when they got into their prequels, everybody knew so much about the Star Wars universe. Right. All that extended canon came out in books, and like the EU universe was a huge thing. Both with Game of Thrones picking up and saying, well, let's do a prequel immediately after, mm-hmm. while this show is still hot. And same thing with Better Call Saul. I think it's a smarter move, mm-hmm. okay. because you don't have people still trying to live in that universe and, and uh, fleshing out everything and making those connections for themselves. So when something ultimately does come out, it's a bit of a disappointment. Just get into it right away. And if you're going to throw that story down, then then do it then. Right. You wouldn't be surprised if Better Call Saul had glory holes. Okay. Uh, All right. Let's just, please. Let's, I will we say, not, though, oh. holy smokes, do you know what uh, Game of Thrones does, though, is it winks at you in real time. When you go back and watch Game of Thrones. That's what God you're doing right da- now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it does. It's like, it is winking the fuck out of you without you even noticing. Tell me when you, you get an the There is episodes. so much uh, uh, foreshadowing in that show that it's so subtle, and then it's just like, when it when you understand, when you rewatch it, it blasts you over the head. Um, uh, just betrayals. Uh, the biggest one that I just kind of went through is the Red Wedding. It's like, you don't know that Roos Bolton is going to um, betray the Starks, and then you see him and Jamie Lannister kind of negotiating, but you think it's only for Jamie Lannister's release and then when Jamie says tell the Starks you know because Bolton is getting ready to go to the wedding he's like tell them that the Lannisters send their regards and then when Bolton yeah. shows up and does, right but I never noticed that the first time I'm watching it I don't know that that's gonna happen it's like the sixth sense 
Um, the clues you, are all there. Right. Okay, close your ears for this art, too, because uh, <laughs> very subtly, and again, again, a scene that I didn't even pay attention to the first time around, Bran tells the story. It's like a story that our old Nan told him growing up of uh, some the rat king of the Black Castle Black who like feeds a bad lord his own son baked into a pie. We know that oh, Arya yes. right, had heard yeah, that exact right. story. Lord. She does. Now, there's a bit, so we've seen that happen now where she- Can, can, uh, can Art uncover his ears? Wait, no, don't listen to okay, that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, okay, so we've seen Arya now. No, 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 no. We've seen Arya bake Alder Frey's all sons into his pie and all that. Brilliant. But there is a second part of that, which has got me really stoked for this last season, where the original story that they tell of that happening, the guy who does that, who does the pie baking, uh, gets turned into a giant rat. Oh! <gasps> yes, but, okay, but they say, they say that it's only because uh, the gods were mad at him because uh, he... Uh, wronged someone under the protection of his own house. Yeah. So in that case, the gods would be mad at Walder Frey and not at Arya, right? It's kind of splitting that. But, right? Yeah. You never knew. And again, winking the hell. That's proper foreshadowing. That's the problem with prequels. Oh, yeah. When you see it like, happening and you and you facepalm because you should have seen it all along, that's a good foreshadow. That's an mm-hmm. amazing foreshadow. Prequel, that's, prequels are built on doing a trumped up fake, false, phony, fake version of <laughs> foreshadowing and it's bullshit and it doesn't work. Wow. You heard it here first. But you're excited for these prequels. I'm excited for these ones. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk The Walking Dead because I think we missed it last week and holy smokes have there been some developments. Uh, anybody not seen it? Anybody not want to be spoiled? Because there's some big news in in this recent episode of The Walking Dead. I am enjoying hearing you describe it more than I have ever watched uh, enjoyed watching an episode of the show. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is a spoiler alert. Thank you, Brian. Oh, why don't you go ahead? Go ahead. Because like I I knew. Oh, of course. It's funny. Yeah. Like, the comic I, people know. I knew it was going to happen. I want to hear it from your point of view. Oh man, mind blowing! So, the comic people knew, and, and you know they they have all they're they're tittering when they hear about the whisperers because this has been dealt with in the comics, and so we mm. we understand that a couple episodes we're getting into a, a, a new group called the whisperers, and what the, what these are is freaking talking zombies you've got you've got two characters they've covered themselves in mud they're hiding from the they're hiding from a herd that has oddly been trailing them very very well and as they're passing there's all that your your typical uh, sound that the zombies make and in the midst of this you're hearing uh, where are they like vocalizing freaking zombies mind blown and some stellar acting from the two uh, actors that were there, like a really big, like shocked eyeball from uh, from Eugene, and and clapping her own hand over her mouth from Rosita when they realize the freaking zombies are talking, mm. and they've gotten seem- seemingly better at tracking. So we know this is the introduction of something called the Whispers. We get a whole episode through where. We don't get any development on this because uh, Eugene is missing. Rosita is has been injured and is all delirious, and she doesn't get a chance to explain this to anybody. This last episode of The Walking Dead, 
we we get them again we experience it and and we see them we first see the walkers they're basically they're milling about they're walking in a circle which is not something that walkers do they are they're aimless they're attracted to sound they're it's it's very primal um but the speculation is is that they have evolved e- eugene says as much um in the show when they're trying to distract this herd from going in one direction and they start to follow the sound of the firecrackers and then note they turn right back on the path that they were going Huh. Um, there's another moment right at the beginning with the, the circular walking herd. Um, there's a, a group of our good guys watching from t- the top of the hill, and they've never seen this before. And all the walkers are just doing their thing. And, and as it goes to the intro, one of the walkers basically stops, turns up, and looks and like stares at a far distance, which again is something we haven't haven't seen the walkers do. I'm biting my lip. I'm so excited about this. Um, and we find out at the very end of the episode what the frick happened, and it. Wow. What? So they're trapped. We got a bunch of our people trapped um, in this sort of cemetery kind of thing. It looks like a cemetery. Yeah, and, and walkers have very cleverly made their way in. They're still stumbly and shambly, but they've made their way in, and they're kind of sort of surrounded, and they're fighting their way out, and there's a character named Jesus um, who... Really, there's a character named Jesus. No, there's a character <laughs> named... I think you're mispronouncing it. It's Jesus. No, it's... <laughs> they pronounce it Jesus. Jesus. Okay, well, they're mispronouncing it. Here's the climax of the show. Big freaking spoilers. He, he goes, and he swords off the head of a, of a walker. There's just a pair of them. He's just making his way to the gate. He swords off the head of a walker, and the next one he goes to sword the head off the walker. Ducks. The walker <gasps> ducks, oh, no. turns around, and impales him with a sword that he is that he the walker is carrying. Oh no! The, the, what the frickin' frickity frick? Yeah, interesting. So there's a lot of uh, Jesus is dead. This is <laughs> he'll be back. Jesus, the character. Oh, <laughs> Give him three days. <laughs> the character of Jesus is dead. Really sad. Really shocking. I watched this back three times. Like, how the hell did this happen? The 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 the, the precision and the speed. And he said, the walker says, "You don't belong here." And down goes Jesus. They kill. This, I know it sounds really. Wait, the walkers say. talk. This That's, is what I'm saying. Put your Rick, phone you away, Mark. Five minutes. <laughs> Texty Are you still blocked up your ears from the Game of Thrones thing? Tried. They kill. They kill this walker, and in another scene, you're seeing five or six other frickin' walkers armed with swords running for the scene of the cry. It makes no sense. They they do their thing. The walkers go away or killed or whatever. And there's this moment to 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 look at the character Jesus. And then they look at this frickin' walker. They turn him over, or he is turned over, or whatever, and what they find is a series of stitches on the back of his head. Oh? They take walker's skin off of a human. Oh, what? The whisperers are human beings. The whisperers are people dressed up as walkers and herding the other walkers to do their bidding, hiding in plain sight. Whoa! This is... Huge, wild, very wild. Sorry, huge shock for me. Zombies I'll, forever. I'll stop. Wow. Yeah, right. This because who can you trust? Wow, this is very interesting. Hi, boss man, Johnny, looking at the window. Oh God, we get, okay. We've talked about the limitations of a zombie uh, property going on indefinitely forever. Yeah, right. Um, this is interesting, and this is why The Walking Dead. Uh, I've always thought even has been a subpar zombie show to Game of Thrones because their Game of Thrones zombies have a really unique thing in that there are 
leaders, right? The zombies in Game of Thrones are just the army. There's like this endless, they've got everything that's scary about a zombie. It's a dead uh, corpse that is walking and mindless and intent only on uh, killing the living. And, and it'll get you and turn you into them. That's right, exactly right. And there's like unstoppable and practically hard, and hard to kill and all that. But the best thing about the White Walkers from Game of Thrones is that there are intelligent generals, right? The uh, the others is what they are, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, are leading this army of the dead. So that's an interesting thing that they've kind of ganked from that. Now maybe it uh, proceeds, I don't know what the whispers is, uh, that you have intelligence because again, like zombies in general are kind of just like a force of nature. Yep. That's kind of the scary thing about them is they're just like, but they're mindless and they just come forever. It's like a tsunami. It's just like they don't are doing anything on purpose to hurt you. It's just how they are. It's just their nature and they're a force of nature in that way. But the, what, what the whispers are doing is like digging a trench to direct which way the tsunami goes. Right, exactly. Yes. And that's why um, you always needed human villains in The Walking Dead is because as a force of nature goes, it's like that gets boring. You can't just be, always be fighting a tsunami. You need uh, motivations of an evil person to be your uh, antagonist. So basically nothing has changed. So so they're, now they're, they're – <laughs> but that's so interesting that they're using it against it. But So they're not zombies. They're not real they zombies. Are no, no. no, the reason they're speaking like that is to maintain like the sound, like the the sound waves. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, like – you know, they've, they've done that before. Carol's done that before right. in terms of like – Camouflaging herself and using a herd of zombies to attack those the 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 cannibal people. Right, they were called. They did that in the second episode of the show. I remember that. No, I know. But this is what I don't buy. Then is why would the other zombies, the true actual zombies, be listening to people who are dressed up by them? Why would they have that functionality? They're not listening. I believe the talking is to communicate with the five or six people. Who are hurting okay. the the herd? So how they're, are they hurting? How do they have a control over them? They're ju- they're they're on the outsides. It, I believe it is literally like kind of like cattle sheep herding. herding or, or sheep yeah. Herd, yeah, I believe they're literally so they're like on the outside. Them. They're oh. kind of nudging them. Oh, and when they're talking, they're talking to each other, oh. but they are talking like this to not. Sound but they were like so humans. in that episode. What okay. happened is that like oh they they went through this barn where Eugene was hiding, and then all of a sudden they came back and there were a bigger group of zombies right. that had come back. So what they they do is they just kind of go toward like from herd to herd and then they they're able to herd the herd right. <laughs> back around and they use that as their their form of attack. so i believe this yeah. is being done by physical nudges and they probably have some noise like they're armed so they probably have some noise makers or something huh. noise attracts the zombies so that's probably another way they're doing it but damn what a freaking twist Are i you love disappointed this. that this is people dressing up and not an evolution in the zombie horde only a little bit. I loved the twist. I loved the reveal. I think in the end, it's going to be a little disappointing that it isn't evolved zombies, but I just think this is so brilliant. But I do also, like, I like that scene where they have the smart guy, Eugene, talking about this and talking about his theory that the, the walkers had evolved, um, especially with the way he explains it. It's like, how come... How come we can we can be so quick to believe that the dead are rising, but and, and that their brains are the only thing that are they're essentially living? But you, we don't think that their brains can evolve, or we don't think that some of their brains can function to the point where they're communicating. Yeah, because you and, have to like, embrace I that. knew I knew about the Whisperers group, and then I started thinking. Fuck yeah! What if they do do this? You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I'd be cool. I mean, they still could, right? Yeah, absolutely, they could. Yeah. I think the show is yeah. So a post Rick Rick Grimes version of this show, 
definitely got better. Like the the last couple of episodes, the pacing was so fucking good, and they 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 knew where to tr- like where to trim the fat, where it's gonna be boring if you drew this part out, uh, and where you know people are gonna want to see. So they're 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 on that again. It feels like episodes from the first second uh, first and second season where like it was good. So. Hmm. I saw an article this week talking about the ratings for the mid-season finale, mm-hmm. and they said, like, from the high point of when that show was, yeah, I think it was at, like, four, 14 million or something like that. It's almost down 10 million viewers. Oh, for sure. And I'm not and surprised. I think it's at, like, like, four. And, and that's still, like, gangbusters in the, in the cable world for, for viewership. But mm. but they have, they, they I think they shot themselves in the foot by drawing out the whole Negan conflict two seasons. That's, oh, okay. that's, where, um, that's where they that's, lost me. They were losing me. I, I ended up attaching myself to Fear the Walking Dead a little bit more when, they, when Fear the Walking Dead got Morgan um, because they focused more on a small group instead of, like, large communities and stuff yeah. so they were about to lose me as a as as a viewer and they kind of got me back with this move cool let's have a quick chat about uh, <laughs> julie andrews the hills are alive with the sound of music oh caleb and i share an affection for julie andrews what a babe i'm so back in the day julie andrews oh my oh, god man. rocket well it's entirely po- it's entirely possible she's going to be a giant uh, godzilla type of creature or the voice of anyways uh named uh Carathen or Carathen in the aquaman movie sweet where are you guys <laughs> on this aquaman movie zero i really want to know less than zero no, interest. i'll right. never see it i hope i never see it you're going to see it, dude. I'll go to my grave no without you'll seeing see it. it. Why? I'm as curious about this movie as I am with Justice League. That's about as curious I am. That sounds, about, that sounds about right. I, I don't really have any interest. I, I'm, I'm, I am interested in this movie, honestly, because I, I want to see the comedic delivery. Like, I've seen some just some great clips. About, I, I think Jason Momoa has a, a really strong uh, com- sense of comedic timing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you can't be so serious like Marvel and take yourself so seriously all the time. And so I think uh, Aquaman's going to be a nice, uh, refreshing change. Aquaman is their version of Thor, though, and they've got the same uphill battle mm. of making me care about a character I grew up not caring about. <laughs> all right? And it's like the first Thor did that because it was expertly plotted and the, the writing was great and the story was good and everything. They got me. There's no way Aquaman's going to do that same thing. Aren't there's you, no way DC is going to replicate that. Aren't you a little curious, though, just to see how they're going to pull it off? Like, aren't you, like, the world alone, like, that's that's with it. I mean, I'm not, like, a DC movies guy. I, I thought Batman versus Superman was horrific. Yeah. I thought Justice League was actually kind of fun. Like, yeah. my, my expectations for that movie were so low that I came out and I was like, hey, this is all right. And then this movie, I mean, it's going to take place, like, mostly underwater. I just want to see how they, like pull that off with people talking underwater mm-hmm. what how he's going to command fish or no. or whatever all that sort of stuff and and the world building around that like i'm i'm excited to see what that looks like the only thing i hate more than cg characters is cg locales and so no it's going to be the same cartoonish fake phony bullshit <laughs> that i've seen <laughs> in so many other crappy it's uh, fantasy movies. No, it's not going to be believable. No, unless you're there planting flowers a year before New Zealand to build Hobbiton, I don't want to see your fake place that this movie takes place in. No, I don't buy it. That's Nobody almost listens. every movie now. I know it is, and I'm not. They're not getting me anymore. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> like when you're watching something like The Avengers or or a Marvel movie. 
If they're walking down a street, at least it looks like they're walking down a fucking street. Right. You're watching the Justice League, I can't imagine ever going to these places Never. unless it was on a studio lot. Exactly. No, that's a good point. Yes. I agree with that. And that is the one thing that bumps me out of movies to the point where I cannot buy in. Sorry, I cannot do. Cannot. I'm, I'm just interested to see if they're going to take some time to explain what Aquaman is. Yeah. Like, why can he jump he, out of a plane? He can jump out of the plane. I, I can understand if he can jump out of a plane and land in the water, yeah. but he's in the desert. Yeah. How is he doing this without... And what, he's the son of an aquamarine queen and some lighthouse keeper? That's got to be one goddamn charming lighthouse keeper to seduce the queen of Atlantis. Stupid! Amber Heard. Amber Heard is the queen? No. No, she's in it, though. She's, she's in, in it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, we got Paul's review already. I, That's great. I'm not watching it. Unless you come and tell me that it really blows your expectations. Well, I'm not going to go see it in the theater. You no, know how the I roll these No, this is a home video. Well, yeah, I mean. I, no. I'm waiting till it's on Netflix, and if Netflix raises its rates before this is on Netflix, I'm probably never going to see it. <laughs> I'm going to ask the guy I'm going to ask the guy behind the wall there if he goes, he's got a copy for Old Kill of Gurry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't name him. No, no. Yeah. All well, right. The trailer has done nothing. I'm sorry. But are you excited based on a trailer? Because nothing about that trailer has got me excited. I'm not excited. No, I'm curious. It's yeah, definitely curious. a home video release. I have no like grand interest to see it in theaters at all. Um, I just want to, this is just a Jason Momoa vehicle, and I want to see that. I want to see him uh, speak in mm-hmm. proper English, you know, rather than yelling Dothraki at me. It really tests the comic book, like... You know, like, are people really going to be into this? Because it's as a whole for a character like this. I think so. Agreed. I think so. I feel bad for DC fans, man. They've had to put up with so much crap. Oh my god! And like this, the world building and the execution, I'm more interested in than Aquaman as a character. Couldn't care less. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they've had a rough go. Like ever since this whole Justice League thing became a thing. It's the end. Aside from Wonder Woman. Fair. It's not bad. Uh, Wonder Woman. See, but okay. the thing is, yeah, with Wonder Woman, for me, uh, I felt as a movie alone outside of the DCEU is just like it was a mediocre movie. It's it was, fine. it was good. It was yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. but it just was not spectacular. Well, but spectacularly better than it. the other ones they That's were putting the thing, out. I liked right? Like, I liked yeah. if that was and the, the music. Only, yeah, oh, I love that music. Yeah. If Wonder Woman was the only superhero movie I saw in the last five years, I'd be stoked. Yeah. <laughs> but it was not. <laughs> <laughs> I know the the bar is set so high, right? So yeah, our ending is going to be a little uh, protracted. So let's call it a pod. Brian, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, DJ Boytano on Facebook or Boytano nine one three on Twitter and Instagram. Polly uh, on uh, at Paul Blasino. P O L is how my first name is spelled, mm-hmm. and my last name is spelled like it sounds. Never heard what you guys' favorite sausages are the whole pod through, but uh, like, <laughs> I let off with chorizo, chorizo, and I agree. So oh, I'm yeah. a brecky guy as well. Paul. Yeah, I'm, I like I'm with you. Yeah, 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 good, sweet. Uh, you can find me at Art Aronson as well. Uh, <laughs> check out Between the Stammers. Call back. Okay, uh, you can find me at Curbman23, K-I-R-B-M-A-N-2-3. And I'm Webmeister Bud on all socials. And, and a couple shows in a row now, I've forgotten to talk about my, my actual geek out and what I was talking about. Uh, but that's because there hasn't been a geek out. There was a geek out this last week. And I won't go into it because we've gone a little long. But I, I, I am talking about uh, a, a Japanese photographer who put on a beer helmet and then put flashes in each of the, the beer slots and then put soft boxes on each of the flashes. And he looks like a janky freaking Mickey Mouse or Dead Mouse. Yeah. But dang, if it uh, isn't a good way to take portrait photos without carrying an entire studio with 
with you. That has Bud written all over it. It kind of totally does. That's and cool. I kind of want to maybe set that up for a flan. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm. Uh, you can also hear me on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, um, which you can find uh, along with the, the PJ Party podcast on, on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it used to be called iTunes. But, oh, look at this. What else can we find on, on, on Apple Podcasts now? This? Hey! My Zones Geek Out Podcast. Yes. We are now officially on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, along with the PJ Party Podcast and Bud's Weekly Geek Out and the Rag, the Period Posse Podcast. And, well, it's on Podbean, but you can find Between the Stammers um, there as well. And I've just launched uh, the Zone.fm slash podcast, which summarizes wow. all of our shows that we are putting on directly and then shows that we love and support, like uh, the, the Rag, the Period Posse Podcast, and Between the Stammers. So you can check that out at the Zone.fm slash podcast. Welcome to the real world, everyone. Cool. Nice work, bud. Very yeah, good. thank you. Okay, bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.